Mm-hmm. Welcome to Diary of an Ex-Ho. I'm Sherry Hardman. I'm your ex-ho. And today's guest is Patrick Goldman. So sit back, enjoy the episode, and remember the old saying, always a bridesmaid when you're a ho. All right. So we're going to start off with a friendly little game of Mary Shag Kill. I always try to uh, tailor it to the person. And it's hard. We don't know someone very well. So what we have, let me just go get it. Hang on a minute. All right. You can see that. Yeah, I see that. Okay. Marry one, shag one, kill one. And I did um, Brooklyn edition. <laughs> Three wow. women that are either live in or are from Brooklyn. We have Christina Ricci, Lil Kim, Anne Hathaway. Who would you marry? Who would you shag? Who would you kill? I would kill Anne Hathaway, uh, shag Little Kim, and marry Christina Ricci. Oh, why would you kill Anne Hathaway? Uh, I haven't liked any of your movies that much. <laughs> okay. Good enough reason as any, right? I always, uh, it, it always seems a little bit weird to me to have a guy answer those questions. <laughs> you know, like ask a guy which woman he wants to kill. I don't put you in a <laughs> weird position, but people and it's a game so okay yeah you, you got to play the game right the bit. yeah <laughs> um so i'm gonna go back first and just start asking you have you ever watched the podcast i watched some i guess portions of a couple of episodes once i saw you made the listing yeah okay so um i would like to start out by going back to your younger years and then working our way to now so sure. uh, did you grow up in a family where like your parents were together and or no? No, my parents divorced when I was in elementary school. So like around fourth grade. Mm -hmm. And then I guess my I my mom was like my primary guardian and I'd see my dad maybe like a couple weekends a month or I think it was less when it first started out. And then eventually my mom got remarried, like kind of right in between middle school and high school uh and then kind of just lived with my brother mom and stepfather mainly for the rest of i guess my now, how, how did that go getting a stepdad at that age it was definitely weird you know it was weird it felt uncomfortable because there was a period of time i kind of felt like i was the man of the household even though that's kind of goofy i was like you know 12 huh. years old <laughs> i couldn't do any actually handy you can't tell me to fix the electrical or whatever but you know what I mean? So it maybe it's just some sort of like animal nature of just responding to like, who's this new person? Like, I even was like, didn't even want to say like his name for like the first <laughs> couple months that they were together. I just I think I just felt threatened by the change. Mm hmm. No, I get that. My son went through that when I got married because same situation. Um, And then I know like as for step parents, like I always call my I used to call my stepdad my mom's husband. Ah, uh, but then yeah. finally he's my stepdad. You know, right? So kind of remove yourself from the relationship uh, in that way. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like um, 
you had any good role modeling of what a good relationship should be like? Mm. No, not really, I guess, because I also was kind of lived kind of a isolated childhood. I didn't really hang out with other people too much, like outside of like school or like extracurricular time. And so I feel like I didn't really observe that many other inner lives of like families outside of just like my extended family when we met up for holidays. Um, and in fact, it wasn't even until I went to college really that I really had more of those kind of like thoughts of comparison and kind of looking at how other people were brought up and being like, right. oh, what? That's wild. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> um, now, I'm going to ask you about something that I like, I, I just for the purposes that I call sexual awakening. So I'm going to ask you to think of a time when you first started to realize that there's um, something going on in this world that you previously were unaware of whether it's changes in your body or things that you saw. But can you tell me about that? I mean, I think growing up, I there was always like some sort of interest in like the body of like a woman to me, I guess. But it, it wasn't always sexual. I think it was more so just like a some like genuine human curiosity of like the other like, oh, like, why is it that my mom doesn't have a penis? You know, like questions, questions that started from that to think of eventually it was around the time I was like 12, 13, that just everybody around me, like the subject matter that people talked about was already, you could just tell based on what we were saying at lunches, like they're more sex jokes. They're more, you know, talking about ideas of sex and making jokes about pornography and all that. And Feel like you're hearing stories about particularly the guys at least making a lot of jokes about you know getting your first directions and all that kind of stuff so i mean i didn't know as much as what was going on with the ladies because i feel like it wasn't as much gender mixing at, at least in my school uh at, at like kind of the friend hangout times uh yeah somewhere around 13 14 and it was certainly weird like I remember the first time I had ever like ejaculated, I thought I didn't know what that was. And I thought I had like gotten like a horrible disease and I was dying. Oh no! <laughs> Nobody had told me that. I never knew like, you know, I never really had sex education. <laughs> I was going to ask like, so how old are you? If you don't mind me asking. I'm 27 right now. Okay. So uh, I'm much, much older than you. And, Back in our day, about fifth grade, they did a thing where they took the girls in the cafeteria and the boys weren't somewhere else. And they showed us some kind of puberty movie. Yeah. Did they ever do anything like that? We did do something like that. But like, you don't, we you didn't really talk. You didn't really say anything about what sex was. It was just kind right. of like, it was more so learning that like, here's where babies come from. Sex leads to pregnancy um and like you like i mean i'm from texas so i feel like they were kind of pushing the hidden agenda of like you know abstinence is like the ultimate mm -hmm. thing right. to pursue you should only have sex if it's like someone you don't i don't think they said like you had to be married but like someone you were going to marry it was just kind of like that kind of stuff right i just had a memory this is weird that they, I think they, they told 
the girls about girl stuff and the boys about boy stuff. And then they switched. And like the next time they taught us about boys and they taught the boys about girls. And there was a kid. In the, there was a boy that like passed out during the little movie about girls having periods. I totally forgot about that. That's hilarious. <laughs> but I, I saw that you wrote in your notes about how you think, um, you know, there should be more like education around sex. And uh, tell me a little bit about that. Well, to me, I felt like I came up in a generation where like we were like the guinea pigs of growing up in the internet. Like I view the internet as like my coming of age. Like I had Facebook came out when or really started popping basically at the end of middle school for me. And so I felt like, and there was no real, I mean, we had that a similar kind of presentation at school and my parents did kind of the classic, like, you know, Oh, you know, ask your mom. Oh, you know, ask your dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just kind of awkward for them. They don't even want to go into that territory even though they know I'm surely experiencing it. And so it's like, I don't know, you know, I, yeah. It I just remember feels like, it just feels like, yeah, it just feels like you don't learn anything about the actual experience itself in classes. And so you're just learning from anything online and you don't even know what's like the factual or like right way of anything. There's no sense of what is a, an authoritative source. Right. I was just going to say my son is, or was, he's no longer with us, but he's approximately your age. And I remember him stumbling across some porn and he told, came and told me like, I just saw a video of a man peeing on a woman. And so then I had to like, you know, I mean, he was like 13 probably. So right. I had to, maybe he was even younger. And I had to go into like a little bit of an education that I really wasn't planning on telling him. And it just really made me think, oh my God, kids are seeing, you know, we didn't, we maybe stumbled across a Playboy out in the woods, but that's all we had in my day. Um, yeah. And I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't think that's, seeing what people see on the internet like that um i don't think it makes them any better in bed or anything like that you know definitely not hmm. definitely not and what i remember that oh go ahead i was just gonna say what do you think how do you think we should teach people about sex well no like because part of me thinks like it'd be really weird if someone uh, I guess one, I wouldn't teach, I wouldn't try to pretend that abstinence is happening. Like, I think a lot of the way our, our relationship and how we talk about sex and like our legal systems, I feel like it's heavily informed by like, like Christianity and it's like influence on like our constitution and our, our identities as Americans, at least for a big majority I think in the church, like people carry a lot of shame when it comes to sex and like you're supposed to keep it very hush hush. I think, and I feel like there are plenty of other cultures on earth where I feel like there's like way more uh, positive embraces of sex. Mm 
in a way that I wouldn't say is in poor taste. I think it's more so like celebrating it as like uh, something that is just a part of life rather than trying to like hide it and pretend that it doesn't exist. Because mm -hmm. I think like when you do that, that's just naturally going to lead to people having really unhealthy relationships with sex. Because you feel like there's there's not those spaces to talk about it openly. So you're kind of either taking it out on others or taking it out on yourself. And it's just not good, Mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah, I, I get that. I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I've been thinking about um like I'm a I'm a comedian. They call me a dirty comic, which really irritates me because I do talk about like menopause and uh, you know, vagina stuff a lot. Right. But I, I actually am trying to do it in a in a way to empower women and learn about their bodies because nobody tells you about menopause, just for example. And, right. and it gets misconstrued as I'm just a dirty comic. And it really hinders me in some ways. And it's really, to me, I look at it as just going back to like slut shaming or you know, uh, puritanical ideas about sex that I'm a dirty person because I talk about it, you know? Definitely. It's like any subject that's labeled as taboo, it's like as soon as someone ventures in that, there's always going to be like kind of an effort to box that person in and be like, oh, you don't want to listen to this person because they, you know, they say X or Y or Z. Right. Um. Did you have any celebrity crushes when you were growing so, up? Hmm. I thought uh I thought Sarah the pianist Sarah Bareilles was really attractive. I don't know if you know her. She had a really popular song back in the day that's like I'm not going to write you a love song cuz you asked for that that yeah. I was I was really just I found the idea of a woman playing the piano to be so sexy to me. I don't know why that specific instrument <laughs> no idea but i think those like kind of singer songwriter types like uh and like low-key like indie ones i think i was just like Mm -hmm. very attracted to growing up that's interesting um do you remember like ever watching like any uh mainstream movies that had like a love scene or something that really kind of did it for you no, that's the crazy thing. I I actually had thought about that maybe like a couple months ago. Where like I feel like I never had this like erotic coming to age through an experience of watching something through like a TV show and a movie. I certainly remember awkward moments like when I was too young or like my parents or like the first time I ever did watch like a sex scene with my family. Uh and that feeling like very awkward and uncomfortable, but everybody else seemed to be more okay with it. I was the only one kind of look around and be like, are we okay with this? but yeah i can't think of anything in particular like yeah um are you a porn person do you watch porn yeah i watch porn what is your um some go-to categories that you're willing to admit hmm well, I will say when I consume porn, it's actually pretty vanilla for the most part, which I, I feel like I wish I was like, nah, I, I don't know if I really wish that that's just kind of like the state of what it is. I feel like I've been more interested in like watching a lot of like amateur porn because 
I like the DIY aesthetic and like, at least me, I get to pretend in my mind, like, Oh, I'm watching people having a more realistic sexual right. experience, at least whatever is real to them versus I guess like some beefed out studio that has like a formula for, you know, whatever. Right. Well, and the, the reaction of the females in particular. Definitely. Uh, and I feel it, like a lot more amateur, they have like more pro-female like pleasure i guess because i feel like uh -huh. traditional porn it's like the video ends when the guy comes like that's it right. <laughs> yeah well uh what is your i what is your idea of amazing sex mm, i think just like really sensual like passionate i feel like i like lots of kissing and and like foreplay and i don't know it carrying like some sort of like at least in the moment, some sort of emotions bringing into it. Ho hopefully, ultimately, positively. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't like sexual experiences when it's, like, negative emotions being brought in. But, yeah, and I feel like like lots of cuddling afterwards. Like, that kind of vibe sounds nice always to me. Uh, are you in a relationship at all? Mm, right now, I have been seeing someone, yeah, but we haven't really, we've only been together for, I guess, a couple of months. So we're not, I guess, too far along the road to, I guess, be facing any existential <laughs> questions of like, what are we or whatever. Right. Um, how's your body image? I actually feel pretty body positive. Like I'm, I'm not really one to like share a lot of pictures of myself online but that's also because of a fear of like how I look and more so just a fear about like sharing life online and, you know, just how companies are using our images and more of that kind of stuff. But I think there was a period of time, like in college, I was really self-conscious about the way I dress. And when I was a little kid, I was self-conscious about my mole. But I think once I gained like confidence in other parts of my life, it kind of also came with like confidence in my physical appearance and part of me also thinks I just like am, I get a lot more physical activity in my life right now so I feel very like in shape I guess so it probably the most in shape I've ever been is right now cool um do you have any sexual regrets sexual regrets um yeah of course it's like the times where I've had sex with someone where it's very clear it was just going from the get-go it was going to be a one-night stand and it's sort of felt like at least I, I can't I can never say what's in the other person's mind I don't know but at least for me it just felt like very fleeting and like not even like worth what it was like it was something I got in my head as like so excited that would help me feel feel better or fill whatever void I guess that was leading me to like right. crave that moment and I always leave that experience never feeling better you know it's right. it's always just like I feel like I fulfilled something but I also don't feel like I solved any of the problems <laughs> I get that do you have anything left on your sexual bucket list or have you done everything you want to do hmm I'm definitely interested in more like group experiences, like being in an environment where like, I guess other people are having sex around me 
and I may be in like a sexual situation with multiple people. I don't know. Something about that just seems very like interesting to me, I guess, because I feel like I'm someone where like I get very in my head sometimes. So I feel like just being an experience where like there's no shame all around you. Mm -hmm. I, I think might fill me with confidence to be like, oh, like, how could I ever really feel like I'm a freak or like weird for whatever if like everyone around me is just kind of like going into it, you know? Have you ever gone to like one of like a sex club or anything? Never like one super hardcore. Like I've been to a couple like, I guess, fetish parties and events where like people, you know, were practicing like BDSM and stuff. And, like, there were definitely a couple people that were, like, having sex there, but that didn't seem to be, like, the big focal point. And, like, I've been to some, like, dance clubs where, like, people were, like, having sex at the club, but again. And there was even one time where, like, a partner and I, like, we went to a swingers club, but I think we just were, like, we didn't feel any chemistry with anyone around us, and all that activity went on in, like, private roped-off areas, so you weren't even seeing anything, so. so... Yeah. Yeah, I've never been to just like a full blown orgy, I guess. Have you had a threesome? I have have I have had a couple of threesomes, yeah. I love me a threesome. <laughs> Back Why, in the good old like days. To... <laughs> I'm married now, so you know, I don't get to do that anymore. But that was my that was my jam when I was single. I loved a threesome. Two man, one woman, the good kind. What do they call that now? Uh, like an MMF or... Uh, I think they call it like a devil's threesome or something like that. If it's two men and a woman, I don't know. A devil... Oh, Eiffel Tower? Like that. Or, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, what's your Instagram? Uh, my Instagram is Patrick Thomas Golden. Well, that was uh, easy and boring. No, I'm just kidding. I should have been like sex daddy 69. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> How long have you been doing comedy? Comedy about two and a half years now. Like, um, and I started in New York City. Mm. Is that a hard place to do comedy or easy? Um it it costs a lot of money. I feel like I've lost more money doing stand-up comedy than made money during stand-up comedy. But to me that's kind of funny in a way, but it's just it's very it's very competitive. It's super saturated. There's so many mics and shows and so many people competing for their spots and you know everybody's trying to be social media famous and you know it's uh it's and you have to pay for so many things at least for like to get spots at these open mics so you kind of have to like what do you have to pay for i mean just like there are a lot of mics where it's like you have to pay for the ticket to perform and then you also have to buy a drink so you're spending like at least 10 bucks just to do five minutes of material in front of only other comics (laughs) uh yeah well if that's what you got, that's what you work with. But mm, yeah, <laughs> for real. All right, we're getting to the end here, so I warned you about this. Do you have a uh, any kind of interesting sex-related story that you could tell me? Uh, definitely. I um, <laughs> I 
I lost my virginity to the song Have Yourself a Merry Christmas, but it was September. <laughs> okay. <how's> that... <laughs> well, I was with somebody that was super into Christmas and celebrated Christmas really, really early. So now it's weird. Like whenever I hear that Christmas song playing, I have to think about the awkward experience of like me standing next to this girl and watching YouTube videos on how of people putting condoms on a banana. Oh, oh, that's funny. Now I'm gonna think of you. So sad. Sex. I'm gonna think of you having sex every time I hear "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas." Thanks. The Frank Sinatra version in particular. Oh, okay. Well, good. It's good to know. All right. Well, it was great meeting you. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Uh, this yeah, is going to be on probably like mid-January. I think we're at now. Um, do you have anything you want to promote for January? or? Um, I would say uh, follow Coffee Mob Bar and Roastery on Instagram. They are like a, a cool brand new, uh, I guess, roastery and bar and restaurant in Ditmas Park in Brooklyn. And I'm hosting alongside uh, fellow comedian Terry Huang uh, a monthly variety show. We have oh. music, uh, comedy, poetry. We've had dancers, you know, spoken word. So uh, just keep an eye out. We are doing it once a month. And uh, if you'd like to perform, just message me on Instagram and be happy to get you up at some point. Cool. All right. Well, thank you. Have a great rest of your day. Oh, it was so nice meeting you. Thank you so much. All right, bye-bye. All right, peace.